Welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tutor. And this week we are joined by Amaya Nagarajan. Hi Amaya, how are you doing? I'm good. Hi guys, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a few false starts to get here, but we are very <laughs> excited to chat podcasts with you. Um, but before we get into your recommendation, Jack... You're up first this week. What have you got for us? Sure. I've got a podcast called That Classical Podcast, which is a podcast all about classical music, which, on the face of it, depending on your relationship with classical music, may seem like a turn-off. I think classical music, in some minds, has this perception of being quite inaccessible and a little bit elitist, perhaps. And this podcast is essentially two people in their 20s trying to make podcasts uh, trying to make classical music a lot more fun and a lot more interesting i think when you've got a subject which is something which is seen to be quite inaccessible to people there's a couple of ways that you can go about trying to make it accessible one of them is to be quite awkward about it and almost be like your physics teacher at school and make a little rap about it and get people on board that way and try to bring an energy to it which isn't in the thing in the first place by trying to appeal to the people which you know is often rubbish or you can take a look at the thing itself and say right there's a load of great stories within classical music there's a lot of fucking amazing music as well why don't we try and draw that to the surface and talk about it in a way which imbues some energy back into it which is i think what kelly harlock and chris bland the hosts do on this podcast so they're both big classical music enthusiasts kelly is a producer for classic fm and they also both sing in an acapella group which explains why they litter the show with all these little jingles of them messing around with acapella arrangements of different songs and stuff they start with i think a beach boys one for this one and the episode that i pick i picked for you today is uh, all about uh, lesser known baroque composers so you've got barbara strozzi and jean baptiste lully and what they do is they take each one one at a time uh Kelly takes one, Chris takes the other, and then they go through the lives of these composers and they litter this story with key pieces of music that they want to share with each other and they have a chat about them. I think what's great is the whole thing has a really buzzy energy, like they've both downed a load of Red Bulls before they came in and they're both trying to trip each other up by making silly jokes and stupid remarks. It's got this silliness to it which I think feels really sincere, but also they're able to channel back into talking about the classic classical music itself in a way which sounds incredibly invested but they'll also say if they say don't respond particularly well to a particular piece or they don't like it you know there's a candor there as well they're not just bringing this energy to it without any sincerity uh, and then obviously there's a lot of technical terminology that they come across here. So there's arioso, aria, basso continuo which I think demonstrates the fact that uh, this is why classical music has the reputation it does, you know. And, and I think there is a real sincere effort to try and make it so it's something that anyone can get on board with and understand why there's something to, to appeal to them there. Uh, they have a glossary on their website. I think they're very much about trying to make it something that everyone can enjoy. 
I just really love it. There's some great stories in here. You've got Barbara Strozzi, who was a major Baroque talent and whose father built an entire music academy for her. And then John Baptiste Lully, who met his end when he stabbed himself with a foot while conducting, which is a, a really quite gruesome story that they tell in the latter part of this podcast. I think it's always super entertaining. So, Freddie, what do you think of this podcast? Um, well, when I saw the description that you put in our show notes document about them being kind of frantic and a bit crazy and all the rest of it and the energy, I was slightly worried because I wondered if it would be too much and just a bit unbearable. But I actually found it, as you say, quite sincere and um, and it really, really added to the show. Um, I actually have quite fraught memories of being taught about classical music by um, a maths teacher in my first school what? and so yeah so our maths teacher one of our maths teachers in my in my first school during our assemblies every morning uh, once a week he'd come in and he'd play this um, audio cassette about uh, a particular composer and it was a really kind of terrifying he was quite a terrifying man he was large and looming and he was he had this booming voice and he was very serious and these tapes of music were very serious classical pieces with a very serious person narrating about this person's life and then he'd quiz us all about what we'd heard on the tape at the end and it was the most terrifying experience he sounds like so for a me, character out of matilda or something it, it felt like it <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, anything you discover in school that, I mean I feel like discovering something in school is like the prerequisite to make sure you don't like it yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true yeah. I, I, I yeah and and this is it so I, I left I left lower school with this idea that, that classical music was this terrifying thing that I, I didn't want to to learn any more about so this was my first kind of dip into this as, as you know some kind of like 25 years later and I really really enjoyed it. I found the podcast to be really charming. I think that um, Chris and Kelly have a wonderful way about each other. And I seem to be saying this a lot on Episode Party at the moment, but this is just one of those shows that, uh, for me, embodies what I love about podcasting, which is two people who are clearly extremely passionate about something, talking about it in such an impassioned and exciting way that you can't help but get drawn into it. And I love that they kind of started to talk about these classical composers um, in the way that like you know uh, in the kind of 80s and 90s um music magazines would talk about rock stars right. they built this kind of like myth and this legend around them um you know barbara strozzi especially you know it was really interesting to just hear about her struggles as a woman being taken seriously as a as a composer and yeah. how actually she was amazing and you know it kind of it took all these people who didn't believe that women could be great composers by surprise but that as a story just made me so much more interested in the music as well and the music stands on its own of course but hearing the background and the struggle and the kind of the the lives of these people i think really adds to it in a way that um doesn't normally happen when people talk about classical music so yeah i really enjoyed it i enjoyed the energy i tried to listen to three in a row and then it got a bit much um <laughs> so, well, that's on you but- <laughs> well yeah um but I, I did really enjoy it so um yeah uh, two thumbs up from me I, I i was a big fan um emea what did you think well uh, i subscribed so i guess that's the answer right there all oh, right <laughs> <laughs> no so i came to classical music very late in my life i believe it was two years ago um it was something about it that always felt like you know uh, no offense but you know old white people and 
I'm like, I don't care what old white people like. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, brown person privilege. <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> no, I started listening to it when I was in business school because I needed to shut people out when we were sitting in a room and everyone's jabbering and you need to focus. And I have this mm-hmm. problem, which is when I'm listening to music with words in it, I listen to the words. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I had to find wordless music. <clears throat> and when I was a child and I used to watch Tom and Jerry a lot, there's a particular episode called Johan Maus, um, where <laughs> Tom and Jerry live in Johan Strauss's house. And then uh, whenever he plays the waltz, Jerry comes out and Tom's trying to catch him. But then he goes away, so Tom learns to play the waltz, and he plays the waltz, and Jerry comes out to dance. But everyone's like, oh my god, this is amazing, and they take them to a concert <laughs> of the king. Of course, it ends with Tom chasing Jerry and not catching him. But that piece of music really stayed with me. So when I went and I put it into Spotify, and then I would just listen for hours and hours and hours to all this amazing music. And today, I can probably identify one piece of classical music, and that is pretty much the blue, beautiful blue than you. That's it. <laughs> but I like how it sounds. <clears throat> so... You know, I, I was very happy to listen to this podcast. And I got to say, I loved it because it, much like Freddie said, it to me embodied what I love about podcasting, which is two people who are crazy about something and are good friends uh, and sort of josh around with each other and make bad jokes and have inside stories to themselves are just sitting there and talking about something they love and you're kind of sitting in the room with them and just watching the show yes that's what i loved about it and that's what i love about pretty much every good podcast every podcast i listen to regularly fits into that space quite neatly fabulous yeah yeah I have to say, I'm very um, jealous, Samaya, that your experience of classical music when you were younger was watching Tom and Jerry, and mine was getting shouted at by a maths teacher. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the difference. So, I think that set you off on a good path. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, we did have Indian classical music shoved down our throats, so... Right, of course, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was the same here, then. <laughs> I genuinely believe it's an age thing, though, classical music, that there comes, for most people, there comes an age where you actually suddenly start appreciating it. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. I, I think it gets almost considered, apart from music, as if there's some special thing that you need to unlock mentally in order to enjoy it, which is obviously the big bullshit about classical music. It's like, yeah. actually, all the same app- apparatus applies. If you like it, you like it. And that's uh, uh, oh, another thing I like about this podcast as well, actually, is that they clearly don't tell each other the stories that are about to tell or show them the pieces. So then yeah. you get the really sincere reactions when they tell them a detail tell in the story that's particularly wacky or they hear a piece that they're like i really like that like that's always something i really enjoy in podcasting when you're hearing like a sincere of the moment reaction of like i hate that oh that's cool i really like that she was uh, not that impressed with uh, his uh, guy's music and she's like yeah fine whatever i loved it yeah because i mean the whole point is that there is this whole world of whatever subset it is whether it's you know comics or role-playing games or classical music and there's bits that you like and there's bits that you don't and that doesn't mean those bits are better or worse you know yes Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and that's how you have like real conversations with people about stuff so i really did like that i also really agree with chris on the subject of arias so (laughs) and opera so that was fun for me too (laughs) yeah no i heard him on that as well it's funny um what you said there mayor about you know it's classical music seems to be a thing that you know comes to you with age and i think it's like it gets put into the same kind of bracket as um like coffee and red wine and olives they're kind of all things that you don't tend to like until you get a 
bit older and then all of a sudden you you, you get into them <laughs> you scoffing um, olives listen to beethoven yeah. and having a big old <laughs> flask of coffee that's how I live. I feel like you made the wrong choice, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But I think you know if if I'd if I'd have heard this podcast when I was um you know when I was like six or seven um maybe a little bit older I'd have probably had a very different opinion of classical music from a very early age because I think this is so accessible and so much more fun. Amea. Tell us a little bit about your recommendation um, and uh, what you love about it. Well, mine is uh, The Guilty Feminist, uh, hosted by Deborah Francis-White. Um, let's see, what do I love about it? It's the it's the very word. The title itself is so amazing because I'm a feminist, but as they always open the <laughs> podcast, um, I am a feminist. I have very strong un- understanding of feminism. I try to live like a feminist. But you know what? Nobody's perfect. We all screw up sometimes. And what I really like about their approach is that they go into certain very big issues, like all the way from, um, from you know, they go from disability to, disability to monogamy to income to living with people to breakups to sex to orgasms, whatever it is, right? And the point they're trying to make is that you know, we're all just figuring this out along the way. And I think that's the most important thing in the world today, that everything, everyone believes so strongly in whatever they believe. And it's hard, at least from my perspective, to say that feminism is a bad thing or you shouldn't do it. But I can see people in front of me act in harsh ways in to themselves and to other people. Hmm. It's as if, you know, um, Caesar's wife, you can never do anything wrong. And I'm like, you know what? Everybody's human. Everybody screws up sometimes. Mm-hmm. The point is, what do you do when you screw up? So I really like that they highlight this. Plus, there are some incredible women comedians who, who are all over this podcast. And they are freaking hilarious. <laughs> like, Deborah herself is a comedian and now she has a book, blah, blah, blah. But... The first season of this podcast, when she had a regular co-host, Sophie Hagen, uh, who's a Danish comedian, it was amazing because they were so completely different in the way they approached life. Mm. I think there was a bit of an age gap a bit. And also they just had different approaches to it, right? And it was these two women who were really good friends, who are both feminists, who really believe in this, can still disagree about what's the right thing to do or say in this moment. So it's uh, it's a, it feels like a beautiful, safe space uh, to not to be so worried about whether I'm screwing up. <laughs> and it's a place where I go to laugh and a place where I get a lot of insight. Uh, the episode I shared with you guys is one of my favorites of all time, even though when I was listening to it in the car with my mom the other day, uh, as a recap, there were some awkward moments, so don't listen to it with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really like about this apologizing episode is it is so true i am very far i mean i'm a very loud uh, outspoken um intimidating woman i'm often told and i'm okay with that but even i start sentences with with, oh i'm sorry and i'm like why am i saying sorry (laughs) there's no need to say sorry here there's absolutely no need to say oh so sorry can i have a minute of your time why are you saying sorry can i have a minute of your time Hmm. that's it right and I didn't even realize I was doing it. So it was a really important message that came through there. But also Deborah's piece of stand-up in that uh, episode, Olam, they, the, it opens with both of them saying, I'm a feminist, but. 
So, you know, I'm a feminist, but when Gloria Steinem tweeted about this this thing, I thought it was lipstick, but actually it was another famous feminist. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. And then they go into stand-up. Uh, each episode has a theme, and they have challenges around the theme. So in this particular episode, Deborah's challenge was to ask for something without apologizing. And um, I think Sophie's challenge was not to say the word sorry for a whole week or something like that. And sometimes they succeed, sometimes they don't. But And after it, each of them does a little stand-up set. And then they have a guest and they talk more about the thing and then they do questions. And these are all live shows. So there's a lot of energy in them as well. And Deborah came up with a song, uh, which is called The Song of the Beast, or that's what I call it. Uh, and she talks about how it's almost as if in the hunter-gatherer world, you know, men would go out and then he would be like, I found the beast, I killed the beast, and I brought it home for dinner. And uh, the woman's like, oh, I went out, and I mean, there was this beast, I mean, kind of a beast, it was a little beast, it was kind of sick, so I mean, I brought maybe we could have some dinner, and that's exactly it, because it's the same thing, we just approach it differently, so I like the not take yourself too seriously approach to it, but it's still very serious in what it's trying to achieve, so that's my spiel. Yeah, I think it's just such a powerful thing, the Guilty Feminist. Like, in fact, it was in our hometown just recently, the last time we tried to record no this. Yeah, the last time we tried to record this, it was in Bournemouth on the day that we were recording it. So wow. imagine oh, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm so jealous that you guys live in the UK and you get to go to the Guilty Feminist shows and the no such thing as the fish shows. and. Yeah, oh. yeah, we got them all here. Um, um, it's some really... Odd, I think on paper it's a strange mixture of like a talk show and a stand-up yeah. gig and all these other elements that are kind of thrown together into this live experience and it really works I think that live energy feels like such a crucial part of it there's like a almost like a community and a catharsis to people all being there together and, and experiencing it and I think as you said it the format seems so inclusive and so sure of itself right from the off I mean the fact I, in fact this is a question I was going to ask you Mayor, because I don't know if you know this is only episode three, but were they doing it as like a live show before they brought it out as a podcast? Or I, I guess I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bad fan because I don't look up the stuff. But <laughs> right from episode one, it's it's a live show. Right. So I don't know if the two of them were doing stand-up gigs around feminism and they decided to try and do this or something. Yeah. But it's a live show from episode one. Yeah, because they feel like such an awesome duo. I mean, I'm such a fan of Sophie Hagen. I think her comedy is absolutely amazing and her like she's just got this amazing way about herself where she sort of talks about having anxiety in a really fresh and really vivid way and just throws in these jokes just offhand incredibly quickly and then passes over them in a way I, i think she's fabulous i really like this episode i thought joe colfield the guest was really really amazing the story that she told about appearing in that literature campaign to encourage people to read was incredible and really quite harrowing by the sounds of it um i just think the fact that you i I think you mentioned in the notes as well amaya that you laughed and you've cried through this podcast and i think the fact that it can so cohesively go from stand-up to a discussion on something which is quite raw quite candid and carry everyone along as well and not have it feel like this really disjointed herky-jerky thing i think is incredibly powerful um the guests they've had on this podcast are ridiculous so the first episode they 
had Shappy Corsandi like right out of the gate, and then they've had Hannah Gadsby, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, yeah. uh, Jessamine Stanley, who's also been on yeah. going through it, which is a little teaser. Ah. I think it's very interesting as well that the other podcast you've mentioned here, and that you were also thinking of picking a mayor, was no such thing as a fish. <laughs> I, I think the humour is very similar, yes, and it's got it this self-deprecation about it, which feels also yeah. very feels very british to me but also very much as it's as you've said fits the theme of the podcast about not being perfect and, and not being someone who's got it all sussed out and is kind of preaching i think that i'll be honest i mean to me i think it's the british uh sadly you guys uh, left a mark upon me and my family at any rate huge angle failure so actually when i look at all the podcasts i love it's no such thing as a fish the guilty feminist infinite monkey cage wow it's just like Funny British people everywhere, right? And I don't know, just, I mean, I used to listen to um, NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which is also a comedy panel show. Mm. But it just got a bit, like a lot of the humor felt very obvious, you yeah. know? So, <laughs> plus you don't do as many great puns. I mean, Andy Murray's puns on No Such Thing as a Fish. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> there, there is something slight that can be, particularly with these kind of, this kind of humour. And there's some jokes that I think even, like, Sophie Hagen, for example, she makes some jokes, and I yeah. burst out laughing, and nobody in the audience catches it. I'm like, oh, great. She's like, sometimes they're so subtle that they yeah. can maybe just zap one person and then move on. It's really, really, uh, got a really dexterous way of, of her comedy. But that, I think that's what makes it really powerful as well, because you start feeling like you're super close and involved with this, with this podcast. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here in India two years after this thing was recorded. Like, somewhere in the UK but I feel like I'm sitting in a room in a bar with these two women drinking wine and making jokes right exactly right? and, to be and able that is amazing yeah and to be able to combine that with also the sort of panorama of the live yeah. audience effect as well and feeling like you're sat in a seat in a live show i think is is really powerful uh, the challenges are brilliant as you've said the fact again everyone's on the same road like nobody sussed it and they kind of fail at these challenges as well as succeeding you know they have a hard time with them they're not just like oh just apologize less it's like they demonstrate the fact that it's hard work as well um, yeah yeah br- brilliant just yeah brilliant really good <laughs> i mean i've been wanting to do this in my life with my women friends as well like you know have an have an i'm a feminist but you know oh, uh, awesome. I'd like do like a monthly challenge to ourselves to do x or not do y or whatever it is <clears throat> oh, that's so cool. which is great yeah i haven't done it yet though so. <laughs> oh keep us posted um freddie what do you make of it yeah, to borrow um, a phrase from the beginning of this episode, I'm a feminist, but it took me up until this year to listen to The Guilty Feminist, yeah. and it wasn't until this came up as a recommendation that I listened to it. Which is shocking, really, because it's one of these podcasts that I've heard recommended so many times, and I see so many people tweeting about and saying how good it is. And I've always kind of thought, I must listen to that. And um, luckily, Amay, you gave me the kind of kick I needed to, to, to download it and ha- have a listen. And I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. And I want to try and not echo all the things that you've said about it you've both said about it because it's just fantastic and um i really really loved the kind of energy and the um the kind of flow of the live show like you say jack it's a lot of different disparate pieces but they've somehow managed to make it feel very coherent and um yeah just very very um 
normal, I guess. Like, it, it, mm. for a show that's got so many different things going on, it feels very natural, which I really, really loved. I thought, again, like, Sophie Hagen's, it was brilliant. And I think the live show format obviously really works, especially when they started talking to, um, I think it was her manager or her, oh, yeah, her, her like, agent. agent or something. Yeah. And I love that bit where she had to kind of, like, when they were, like, they were like, right, tell him, tell him you're not doing that gig. Tell him you're not doing And it was perfect. <laughs> and I just thought it was such a, it was, it was really nice to hear that. It was really nice to hear uh, women rallying around other women and, and helping them, you know, navigate that thing and, and not apologize for things because we all do it. And it does, it definitely changes the the way that we are asking for something and it changes the way that we talk about stuff um it's kind of like saying just like when you're like i'm just i'm just wondering if you know and 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 every time you put just in something it kind of weakens what you're saying um so i find it really interesting from that basis but yeah it's a fantastic podcast and i'm definitely going to be listening to more of it so um yeah i i i'm so glad that i finally had a good opportunity to um or had a good good excuse to to uh, to download it and listen Glad to be of service. <laughs> um, intrigued, actually. So, yeah, you picked episode three. Do you still keep pace with the Guilty Feminist Mayor and do the more recent episodes kind of hit the button for you as well? I do indeed still keep pace with it. I think I'm all the way up to 2018 now. Oh, wow. There's a lot of podcast co- content that needs to be consumed in my life. So it's not always that easy to make sure I'm up to date with everything, right? I was on um, episode 89 last. So Uh, uh, I've also listened to a couple of the fewer episodes, more recent episodes. Um, It's gotten bigger, much bigger. So sometimes there's multiple guests. Hmm. I think they've dropped the challenges now. uh, And she has like circulate... She's guest host, I think, every few months or so because I think Sophie went off to do other projects and things like that. Mm. Uh, so the dynamic has changed a little bit. I have to admit, these days I'm not, uh, I don't like obsess with it the way I did when I discovered it, but that could just be, you know, life. The stand up is still fantastic, the issues are amazing. And the thing is, now that they're like well past 100 episodes, they're pushed into. All the low-hanging fruit is gone, right? <laughs> yeah. So you have to have really interesting conversations now. And that's another thing I really like because you're going into grayer and grayer spaces. Like, apologizing is straight up easy. Yeah. Body image is straight up easy. But monogamy is a little more complicated. And then, you know, you push into more, um, I think the more recent ones, like mothers and daughters. Right. Uh, that's, that's like an interesting. Women in charge on film. So these are some of the more recent ones, which safety at night. A lot of these things are not as straight up issues as, you know, sexual abuse or yeah. <laughs> those things. So it does change the, the dynamic a little bit, but it's still great. I still really love it. I mean, the main problem with my life right now is that I have about 20 minutes a day to listen to podcasts. <laughs> so my oh, no. consumption has... <laughs> dramatically reduced it's the only time I, I don't have much of a commute anymore right so, so you yeah. do you, you do a guilty feminist in like three chopped up parts that then just, huh yes actually I try to do a guilty feminist on the weekend when I'm going somewhere that's a longer distance nice uh, or um, but it's mostly no such thing as a fish honestly that I, I I'm, I must I must 
tell you the truth about my podcast listening it is now more no such thing as efficient 20 minute increments <laughs> <laughs> wow and i'm so scared because i'm already in may of 2019 and i'm going to run out really soon what? oh gosh <laughs> you'll have to find a new obsession at that point i know you know <laughs> i'm hoping you gents will help me out with that we'll do our utmost Freddie, you've got one more recommendation today. Perhaps this could hold a mayor out of her imminent podcasting dearth. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is pressure. Um, okay, well, the podcast I've chosen is a podcast called Going Through It, which is uh, an original podcast by MailChimp, which I found interesting in and of itself because MailChimp have been sponsoring mm. other podcasts for as long as I've been listening to podcasts. And I kind of felt like it was only a matter of time until they kind of got into the, the podcasting game themselves and started doing their own shows. And they actually came out with uh, a bunch of different content all at the same time. They've done a bunch of different kind of like YouTube series and video series and documentaries. Um, but they, so far, they've only done two podcasts. There's one called The Jump and there's this one going through it. And this podcast um, is hosted by Anna Friedman and it involves her sitting down with lots of different guests. So writers, comedians, politicians, musicians. And she speaks to them about... Uh, times in their lives that have been particularly tough or testing or where something's gone wrong or they've just had you know a big change in their lives and they've had to decide whether they continue doing what they're doing or keep pushing through or they quit and they and they back away from whatever it is they're doing at that particular moment in time so already i think it's just like a really interesting premise for like an interview show like i think to focus on such a specific thing is particularly interesting and again it's one of these things that Jack, you and I talk about quite a lot on Episode Party, which is that it's nice to have podcasts where it's not two people just patting each other on the back and talking about their successes. Um, It's really interesting to hear people who you know it's just more real isn't it to hear you know when people have struggled with different things and there are a lot of good episodes here um i really also enjoyed the episode with kathleen Hanna, and i enjoyed the episode with hillary clinton but the one i chose was the episode with ellen powell who uh was the former ceo at reddit and I never really got into Reddit until well after Ellen Powell was gone. I'm not even big on Reddit these days anyway. But I kind of, so this whole story about um, Ellen Powell's time as CEO at Reddit kind of was going on in the background um, while I was working as a, as a tech journalist. But it wasn't really my field, so I didn't really get involved with the story too much. I just kind of knew it was happening. But I never really knew the whole story because I only got what was reported on in the news. So I was really, really intrigued to listen to this episode and kind of hear the story from Ellen herself. And it's, it's, it's fascinating. Um, it's very sad in places, but it's fascinating. And um, ultimately, I feel like it, it, it comes round to a, an interesting and uh, sort of you know promising place where she's now going on to do really really interesting things. But it was yeah, I just think it's it's it felt very honest, it felt very raw, and you know it, it opened my eyes to a to a whole side of a story that I didn't know, which you know to me is like one of you know again one of the you know apart from having two people talk really passionately about a specific subject and me learning loads of things hearing one person tell a story um that may be sad or maybe tough you know from their own point of view is is just a fantastic use of the podcasting medium and I, i really really enjoyed it so yeah i i just i just just went through this very very quickly and um i i loved it jack what did you make of it 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, I was sceptical because it was a branded podcast and my assumption often with branded podcasts is the fact that these brands have had an idea and they're like right we need to have a podcast and then it's after they've decided that they want to have a podcast that they decide what it's going to be about and then you worry that okay this isn't a podcast that's been driven by an idea that absolutely needs to be realized and brought out into the open and that you know you feel that urge to share something it's like you decide that you're going to share something and then you decide what that thing is and there's always a i think there's a tendency as well for these branded podcasts to sometimes be quite precise quite reserved uh, quite functional in a way just a way of uh, asserting the presence within the podcast domain in a way that sounds kind of just professional and acceptable and never really mind-blowing but I, I was pleasantly surprised by going through it i mean i think the premise is really strong and all the guests are women I think what's fascinating, though, that this doesn't appear to me to be a podcast just about the challenges that face women specifically. It's a podcast about the challenges that face everyone. And then plus, often, the challenges uh, that women face on top of that as well. So you kind of got a double dose there. Though Ellen's story was obviously very compelling. It's not a story that I knew at all. And it's really fascinating to hear that she was being confronted with sexism and toxicity from essentially both sides of tech like you know in inside a company in the inner machinations and then also in the user community outside and shit there's almost this like squeezing effect going on which i thought was fascinating to to hear about and really shows how this kind of toxicity can bleed all the way through in tech um Anne Friedman as a host I thought was great very hands-off just kind of guides the story along basically her questions are largely to the effect of so you did this then what happened next okay you did that what happened next just sort of a, a glue to push the narrative forward which I think works particularly when you've got guests telling interesting stories you don't need to intervene much uh, I didn't realize actually she also does the podcast call your girlfriend which is cool I haven't listened to that one in a while but that's a very good podcast mm-hmm. um yeah there's some other great guests on here I listened to one with Clarissa Shields who's a boxer in the Olympics who initially got told that she was too young to compete in the 2012 Olympics uh and it's the story of her dealing with that rejection and then eventually finding out spoiler that actually she they were going to uh, allow her to compete in that olympics and the joy that she felt which is basically a story of administration when it boiled down to it but because of her energy and the fact that it kind of confronts her desire to do something she feels like she's born to do it suddenly becomes this very interesting story i mean as i say they do stick very tight to what happened what what happened next what happened next i would have perhaps liked a bit more about what that was like so there there's not a lot of airtime given to general discussion about the story itself i think because they do tend to land around the 20 minute mark you get time to express the story and then not much time to dig deeper into these stories which i think a lot of them really warrant that and really could warrant like a longer discussion but you know maybe that's just a decision on the format like they wanted to keep it concise they wanted to keep it quite sort of clean and a little nugget of information rather than this big sprawling thing I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a good time with it. Brilliant. Um, Amaya, what did you make of it? 
Um, I really liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a very interesting interview. And like Jack, I had no idea about this before. I'll be honest, I didn't I know who Ellen Bauer was. I was like, his name is a little familiar. Is it like Ellen Page? No, that's Ellen Page. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of confused. But it was amazing coming to it with, I think, one really good, strong point, at least of this episode, is that I came to it with zero context, right? But it made sense to me by itself, which I think is really mm. important because I think mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, things like this, whether it's a, a podcast or a TV thing or whatever, they tend to expect you to come to the table with certain knowledge. And if you don't have that, you're like, you can't engage. So that was really nice. And um, I also think... Um, again, that it was extremely honest and raw. I really connected to them. I'm not surprised that they didn't dig deeper, to be honest. I felt that this was someone who had weathered a really horrible time and managed to do it by achieving some sort of distance from it and yes. really just mm -hmm. want to open the of worms again. Fair, but yeah. I do agree that it might have been interesting if there was some context setting done, maybe by the host, perhaps, you know, before or after. Mm -hmm. uh, I also was surprised that it was a MailChimp podcast. I'm like, what? What's this to do with the email marketing again? <laughs> but uh, I actually think it's a really good one because it seems to be... I mean, again, I don't know how much of this is true, how much of this is gimmicky or whatever it is, but it does feel like MailChimp is like, look, we think podcasts are cool. We want to make a really cool podcast. Boom. Yeah. You know? And that is unusual. So that's nice to see. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember things that stood out, but I'll be honest with you, because of our, uh, uh, our issues with uh, scheduling, uh, I might have listened to it a little while ago, so it's not really that <laughs> in my mind. So no. I can't uh, uh, total examples of it, but I did listen, um, I did queue up a couple of other episodes. I haven't, again, unfortunately, because of my restricted podcast time, not gone around to listening to them though. <laughs> well, I'm glad they're sitting there waiting to go when you eventually get around to them. That makes me that makes me happy. Um, yeah, I think it's a really good point though about Mailchimp, which is that they've they've clearly like what I liked about it as well was that the, the it's not a pot like it's not in any way really advertising Mailchimp. Yeah, they they mention the fact that Mailchimp are kind of the company behind the podcast, but you know, and I think it speaks to what you were saying, Jack, about your kind of skepticism of branded podcasts, which is like. They could have made a podcast about people sending emails, which would have been really boring, but they could have done it, and they could have made it sound exciting. Um, I've done a podcast about, um, you know, 20 amazing stories in consumer marketing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. It's ironic, though, isn't it? That this is the one podcast that MailChimp isn't all over and talking about what MailChimp does, as opposed to every other fucking podcast which has a right. sponsor. It's mental. And maybe that's a very conscious decision where they're like, this is what everyone's expecting us to do, and we're just going to yeah. mention the name. No, no <laughs> would expect them to advertise themselves on their own podcast. I mean, I guess maybe they could, but they would be fucking stupid to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they have enough. They they they're, they're clued in enough to not try and do. I would expect Microsoft to do that. Yes. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah, I mean, 
it's interesting because all this original content they've done, I mentioned at the beginning that they've done a fair few different things right now, um, all under this banner of MailChimp Presents. And they do have a couple of other things. So they did like a, a, small, a small documentary series about a global community of people who work from their laptops, which is called Wi-Finders. Um, and they also did a series of um, called Unlikely Business Lessons, which is exactly as it describes itself. It, it, it is entrepreneurial advice from unexpected sources, says their little blurb here. So they have done a few things that are kind of more related to their brand but yeah i really appreciated that with this one because it's such an interesting one because i think it is about um women telling stories about their struggles or achievements they've had in life i think it's really good that they just got out of the way and let that happen without trying to you know hammer down the fact that they're mailchimp and they do email marketing too much so i was a big fan of that nice yeah i mean may you give us a bit of a teaser to the fact that you are obviously massively into podcasts and sadly squeezed in the amount of time that you can listen to them at the moment but you're also someone who is in operation on both sides of podcasts in the sense that you're a producer as well as a listener so what does your relationship with podcasts look like at the moment how do they feature in your life well at the moment um our beautiful marriage of hearts minds and souls uh is severely uh being impinged upon by the rest of my life <laughs> that's what it looks like right now no i mean i'm a huge fan of the medium i i'm someone who likes to engage with people with ideas and this is a really fantastic way to do it uh and in a time when we are just be besieged with content i mean it, it's good content but there's so much how many books can i read in a day right but even so <laughs> not if i have to go to work right and again it was in business school that i really fell into the podcast world because i had maybe eight hours a week that were not uh, school school related socializing or homework so i had to clean my house do my grocery shopping cook all sorts of stuff that had to be done in those same eight hours and it was amazing because i would just put a podcast on and then you know four hours later the house is clean and i have learned all about the theory of relativity or something <laughs> wow <laughs> so it was amazing and when i came back it was great and when and i had a longer commute also it was great i mean i had this one episode of the ezra klein show i remember that was two hours long and i listened to over two days of commuting that blew my mind uh if anyone wants to know it's the episode with yasha monk on it talking about the people versus democracy uh-huh. and it was incredible because you know we were building up to an election here in india and there was all these things and thinking about democracy and my brain was on fire for a week i wouldn't shut up about it <laughs> uh my friends were very glad when i moved on to the next episode but the point <laughs> is they're really important they're really valuable they're they're so they're right right there and they're you can take them with you wherever you go i mean where if you are someone who has a commute that involves changing a lot for example reading is hard because you have to keep putting your book away while you so you don't fall down the stairs or yeah. fall out, you know you don't so that you can mind the gap as it were so <laughs> you know it's great you just plug it in and you just go and if you get a phone call it stops and you get your phone call you don't going to miss any calls or all of those things either so uh, and when i came back from business school and i was offered this uh, this uh, internship at a newspaper here uh, and they were trying to do all new stuff for digital and they said come and work in the ceo's office and she said i'm thinking of exploring podcasts and i said yes please <laughs> and so then i had to set up the podcast network that they had and we 
I mean, we were the first, this is the first time an established media house in India was doing this. And we were just literally flying by the seat of our pants, but that's okay. I mean, that's the other thing about podcasting, right? It's fine. So we started doing a news podcast, which, I mean, it's all out there. And I, I don't know why I tell people this, but if you go back early enough, you will get those terrible episodes that were just me with a Mac and audacity. Wow. <laughs> you so don't want to hear those gentlemen, yeah. I promise you. <laughs> we've all Cut been there. Day. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually we got to the point where we had an actual producer who actually made music and mixed stuff and taught us to use Pro Tools and it just became bigger, bigger, became a team and we had this whole bunch of podcasts running and it was super fun. I did a couple of other short um, audio documentary type ones as well on um, water in India and on violence against women in India. Very cheerful subjects, both of them. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how can I make this a British humor podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so then, uh, but uh, then, you know, it was done. It was up and running. And uh, so I moved on to do something else. I've still constantly debated. I've often wanted to start, just do a podcast on my own. Um, I have a couple of ideas, one around dating, because I'm 37 and single, and dating in India at my age is not fun uh, <laughs> or easy. And it's interesting, the older you get, the less patience you have for a lot of things, and yep. the more you can sort of, the more conclusions you can draw from what you've lived and seen and what you hear about. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff in there, like I periodically drop some knowledge on people, and they're like, oh my god, you should have a podcast, and I'm like, yeah, but it's too much work. So, <laughs> at the moment, I am sadly a bad consumer of podcasts. <laughs> well, we would absolutely bloody love to hear that podcast if it ever comes to fruition, Amir. <laughs> so you absolutely need to keep us posted whether that I becomes will a do thing. That. Yes, hundred percent. We'll have you back to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, this has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on and talking podcasts and. And podcasts, more podcasts, so many podcasts. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, you guys. I mean, it's taken a while to get here, but it was super fun. And Jack, thank you very much for the classical music podcast. No, it's all. I am going to enjoy it. Uh, and of course, I'll be listening to Episode Party now, guys. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> that makes us very happy. It's like a little blinky light in India. That's me. <laughs> so <laughs> look out for it. Uh, all right, guys, thank you. Thank you. Mayor, if people want to keep posted on what you're doing, what you're saying, what's going on with you? Where's the best place for them to do that? Um, I regret to say that it is Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am on Twitter, but my Twitter is dead. So yeah, you can get me on Instagram at Amea and N, that is A-M-E-Y-A-N-N and Financy and Financy. Perfect. Well, um, and if you want to find us, we're not on Instagram, but we are on Twitter. We're at episode underscore party. We're on email too. You can email us at hello at episode dot party. And we're on the internet at www.episode.party, where we'll have all the links to all the shows that we've discussed today. Top banana. All right. Thank you for everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Hey everyone, Freddie here. If you like the show and like listening to us recommending podcasts, then do us a favour and recommend this podcast to a friend of yours. 
Um, if you know someone who's in the market for a new podcast or is just getting started in the world of podcasts and wants to find some new shows to listen to, why not recommend Episode Party? They can tune in, they can download a few episodes and they can find out about all sorts of different podcasts and we'll get a new listener while we're at it. So that'd be really helpful and we'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.